You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio. And uh, we're a couple weeks away from from Giants training camp. And those of you who uh, who read Big Blue View on a regular basis know that that you know one of my favorite things is to is to tell players stories. A lot of these guys, especially you know some of the some of the undrafted guys, some of the players you may not know as well have really interesting and really unique stories regarding how they got to the NFL, how their careers unfolded. One of those guys for your New York Giants is Travis Toivonen, wide receiver who joined the the practice squad last year and is trying again this year to to make the roster. And uh, Travis joins the show today to to chat about that story a little bit. So, Travis, thank you very, very much for, for hopping on. Thanks for having me, Ed. So uh, you joined the Giants, was it mid-season last year as uh, on the practice squad, correct? Yep, I believe it was after week six. Mm-hmm. And spent the rest of the season on the practice squad. You were never activated for a, uh, a game on the 53, correct? Yep, that's correct. All right. So you have a really, really unique story. And I know that you, uh, I, I saw the video that you guys did and the, the story that was posted, I think on 33rd team that, that told a lot of that story, but, but I'm guessing that a lot of Giants fans don't know that story. So, so let's, uh, so let's tell it a little bit. You were a, uh, an incredibly lightly recruited high school player you know, coming out of Minnesota and had what one college scholarship offer. Yep. I had one college scholarship offer from the university of North Dakota, which is, which is an FD FCS school. Yep. Right. And that is, and that is not the powerhouse North Dakota that we're, that, that people might think of. Nope. Right. Right. So as things unfolded for you, um, you had a nice career there. Um, did you start to get some attention from, uh, you know, from, from NFL teams, you know, as, as your career unfolded? Yeah, but I definitely had some conversations, but it wasn't anything where they were really looking towards me. I, I knew I wasn't going to get drafted. So it's kind of one of those things where I had a good senior season and I wanted to give it a shot. It's always been my dream to play in the NFL. So it's like figured why not train for a few months, give it my best go and then hopefully make a career for myself. And that was your final season at North Dakota was 2019. Yeah, right? that is. So, so the pro day training was the early months of 2020. Right. So, so from there is where, it, is where it really gets interesting. So 
I'm pretty much going to, at this point, I'm going to give you the floor. I'm going to kind of let you tell your story a little bit, you know, yep. over the next couple of years up to, uh, you know, up to, to your finally getting your opportunity in the NFL. Yep. Yeah. So once I finished my senior season at the university of North Dakota, 2019, that was like December, 2019, I went home to the twin cities area where I'm from in early 2020. And that's where I was pro day training for my pro day at North Dakota in, I believe it was April, maybe it was late March, April. So I had about three months to do that. And right when it was like two weeks before my pro day, that's kind of when the whole COVID hit, all the scouts got pulled off the roads, they canceled all the pro days. So I didn't get my pro day that year. And that was pretty, pretty frustrating for me when it's kind of like, I need to at least get an opportunity to show what I got. I need a chance to you know, at least show scouts that I can move really well, I can catch the ball really well and give myself a chance. So that was pretty frustrating. And pretty much that entire the rest of 2020 went by. Training camps I, training camps were basically wiped out that year as well, right? Didn't have any rookie mini camps. Completely so you got so you got no shot. I had no chance. At that point I knew 2020 wasn't gonna be the <laughs> for me. And I kind of had to make that decision. I was like, am I just going to move on with my life, get a different job, or am I going to kind of play it out for another year and hopefully give myself a chance next year to have a pro day? And I ended up choosing the second of those two options where I was like, I'm going to do anything I can to stay in shape, just keep working out, keep my routes as, as good as I possibly can, and then hopefully give myself a chance the following season to get noticed. And I, I have to ask, the fan-controlled football league, you, you have to tell me what that's like and, and how you ended up, you know, just staying in shape and continuing to work and, and, and playing in the fan controlled football league. Yeah. So throughout 2020, I was pretty much looking for any opportunity to play football, knowing that the NFL wasn't going to be an option that season. And about December of 2020, January, I heard about the fan controlled football league from a guy from Minnesota who was in my agency, Jackson Erdman. He's actually playing football in Austria right now, but he had signed to go play in that league. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. You know, it's a football league. It'd give me a chance to keep playing football. So kind of looked more into it and ended up flying down to Atlanta to try out where the trial went well. And then I signed with the fan controlled football league. And it was a seven on seven league where the fans would actually call the plays for us. And I played in that from about January to March of 2021. Wasn't, no, you got to tell me the truth. Wasn't every play pretty much, you know, fan controlled? Wasn't every play pretty much just, you know, everybody run deep? <laughs> the, once my once the fans of my team kind of realized that they had me on their team, that I was a big body receiver, they they threw or picked a lot of fade routes, a lot of go routes, just run deep, hoping that the QB <laughs> would toss it up to me and get a good result. Hey, that 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 had to be fun, pretty much just being told, hey, just run down there. You guys playing on uh, on arena sized fields too? Are, basically the the 50 yard fields that arena yeah. league plays on it's a 50 yard field and then the walls were pretty close to the sideline they weren't the sideline but they're like two feet away so a lot of There's guys had collisions with the walls there hockey walls i think in a lot of cases right yeah basically they're like padded hockey walls <laughs> that can't that can't feel great no fortunately <laughs> i didn't have any um run-ins with that wall but some of the other guys did yeah how many games did you end up playing there do you remember I believe it was four or five games. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't very many, but actually it might've been five or six. 
so yeah but, just, but enough to, enough to put some tape together and enough to stay to stay in the game and and uh you know and, and maybe get some get some attention along the way yeah yeah we were practicing every day which i think was probably the biggest part for me was to just keep you know playing football and stay active so that was kind of the biggest thing for me when i decided to play in that league i was like it's going to give me a chance to keep playing football and that was the most important part and then you you got an opportunity finally in 2021 just uh you know tell us a little bit about how uh how 2021 and the opportunity with with Seattle unfolded. Yeah, so about a month after I finished in the fan controlled football league, the University of Minnesota had a pro day and my agency ended up getting me into that. I'm I'm with IFA in Minneapolis and they also had Rashad Bateman and he was kind of the big name guy coming out of the University of Minnesota that year. So they got me into the agent or into that pro day and I ended up performing pretty well where Seattle noticed me and then they later brought me out for a workout and then signed me after the workout. And that was, uh, that was dirt. You signed with them. That was still during the off season. During yeah, that like was OTAs and, so okay. It was about midway through OTAs that I signed mm-hmm. with Seattle. And, and how did, uh, how did, did uh, training camp in the preseason and all that work out for you in Seattle? I think you got, you got cut. I think, was it in the final cutdowns that, that they let you go? Yeah, yeah. So I made it through all the preseason games, played in all three. And honestly, everything went really well. Training camp went well. I did enough to stick around, but kind of on the exit meetings, the coaches said I would have had to be pretty much perfect to make the team just with the numbers and the roster, how it was built. So unfortunately, didn't have a super productive preseason. I did well, but didn't really put a ton of stats out there. So that was mm-hmm. probably the lower part for me but I mean it was I got to play football again got my mm-hmm. kind of first sniff of NFL football it is a really good experience overall you know you, you said you did well was there a did it take you know I'm sure you had questions you know when you started the whole process with Seattle about you know about where you would fit in and how well you might do I mean obviously you have confidence in yourself because you you kept pursuing the dream but you know but was was there a point you know, maybe during that, that process where you thought, you know, I, I, I really think I can do this. Yeah, definitely. Just like being a hundred percent realistic. <laughs> I, I knew I wasn't going to get signed to the active roster right away. I was kind of just shooting for one of those practice squad spots and then hopefully just give myself a chance later in the year. But once I got to camp with Seattle and I was kind of going against those defensive backs, I knew I wasn't out of place. I knew I belonged. I was good enough to be an NFL receiver. And that kind of gave me some more confidence in the situation where it's like, you know, I belong here. So why not just keep giving myself the best chance to get on an NFL field on Sundays? When they eventually did let you go, they did not add you to their practice squad, correct? Correct. Yeah. I had a pretty good interview. They gave me good feedback and kind of said that they were looking to potentially add me. And then it just ended up not working out with the numbers. And did you did you wonder at that point if, you know, if it was over, if someone else was going to give you another opportunity? Yeah, definitely. It's kind of I mean, it's a tough business to be in where you don't really know. Fortunately for me, about a week after I was released from Seattle, my agents called and told me that the Giants had reached out and they wanted to bring me out for a workout. So I actually worked out for the Giants about a week after those final cuts. And they didn't sign me right away, but fortunately for me, it worked out later, about six, seven weeks later during the season that 
they they signed me and flew me back out so I could join the team and be on the practice squad. Yeah, that's a great example of fans look at these workouts every week and they look at, you know, we, we see the names and then we see guys don't get signed. And, and I think that's a lot of what teams are doing is they're they're checking in or touching base with guys that maybe they don't need this week, but, you know, but maybe they, you know, they'll want, you know, or they might need a little bit down the road. So, so that worked out for you. Did you have any other opportunities, uh, you know, other than the giant, other than the giants at that point? Nope. That was my only workout after getting released from Seattle. And so, so you spend roughly half the season on the practice squad with the giants, obviously the end of the season, the there's regime change with the giants. There's a new GM that comes in. There's a new coaching staff that comes in, Um, but you still get signed to a a futures contract. You still get an opportunity to, uh, to, to come in and compete this time around. How much did that mean to you? You know, that, that made that a new regime, you know, brought you in and, and, and gave you another opportunity in New York. I mean, it felt really good just knowing that I was going to get another chance to go in and prove what I have. And obviously having a new coaching staff, it's kind of exciting because it's a, it's a fresh look. You know, I go into Seattle and I'm playing catch up with the playbook, come and join the Giants halfway th- through the season. And you're playing catch up again. So when you find out you have new coaches and stuff, it's pretty encouraging to be able to learn the playbook alongside everyone else. And knowing that they were willing to keep me and give me a chance the next year is obviously very encouraging. So- feel like maybe it leveled the playing field for you a little bit? Yeah, I would say it definitely gives me a equal opportunity with everyone else opposed to kind of playing catch-up. Because a lot of times those coaches have prior relationships to their receivers, especially when you come in late, where I would say if you're not a kind of priority free agent signing, you might not really have that same chance. But I would say this year it's definitely all up, you know, up in the air and kind of goes to – whoever's going to perform well in training camp and do well in preseason. And, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of Giants fans, you know, haven't seen you play, you know, mm-hmm. I haven't seen you play other than, other than what I've seen in, in practices and, and, and things like that, that I've been fortunate enough to, to attend, you know, you're a bigger guy. Um, but what, what do you, how do you describe your skill set? How would you describe, you know, what you can bring, you know, to an NFL receiving core? Yeah, I mean, I think I bring a lot of physicality. Obviously, like you said, I'm a bigger guy and I kind of have to play into my strengths. So catch the ball really well, very physical, and I work really hard. So that's kind of what I pride myself on. When you're 6'4", 212, something like that? Yeah, I'm probably close to like 215, 220. Yeah, so so definitely uh, definitely one of the bigger uh, one of the bigger receivers in camp for the Giants. Yep. So just tell me a little bit about uh, about your, just your thoughts on, on this offense, on this playbook that Brian Dable and Mike Kafka are putting together, and and uh, you know, and what that looks like for you know for a wide receiver. Yeah, I think it's really exciting. The I mean, Dable and Kafka come in and they kind of bring a new energy to the offense, and you just got to hope that they're going to set everyone up for the best success possible, which. From what I've seen so far, it seems like they're really going to do. So they kind of give guys confidence to play into their strengths, and they'll make it really exciting for some big plays. And you, uh, you know, obviously OTAs, mini camps, spring practices. You guys are you guys are in shorts and t-shirts, and there's there's not much physicality and and 
you know, competition from the defensive backs. And that's by design because nobody wants to get hurt. Nobody wants to go full out at, you know, at that point of the year, but you had a lot of opportunities. Um, Kenny Galladay, you know, basically was sidelined through most of OTAs. Sterling Shepard was sidelined. Kadarius Toney, you know, was sidelined. I don't think Colin Johnson took very many reps. Uh, so you got a lot of extra opportunity, uh, you know, from, from what I could see. Do you feel like you, uh, like you, you took advantage of those as much as you can in that, in that kind of a setting? Yeah, I and mean, I think that's kind of the name of the game in football is, you know, it's always that next man up where there's going to be injuries, and that's just the – the fact of the sport is there's going to be injuries and you just got to be ready to take advantage of the opportunity. So I was able to get a lot of reps first and second team during the off season. And I mean, it gave me a lot of experience, gave me a lot of reps with different quarterbacks. So I would definitely say it was beneficial to me just kind of getting me out on the field a lot more and being able to kind of stack that. Yeah. I guess one of the things that I always say is that guys at that time of year, they, they can't, make the team they can't necessarily lose a spot on the team but maybe what they can do is put themselves in a better position to to get more looks once training camp starts once you know once the the more competitive so you feel like you you were able to do that yeah i would definitely say it's just kind of a never-ending evaluation process from the coaches so anytime you can do something positive i think it's always going to help you out in the long run and is there something is there something that that you're trying to prove in training camp or you just go out there and try to do your best every day and and see where it falls yep i think just kind of go out there get better every single day and just give yourself the best chance to be looked at by coaches and hopefully make it on a team and uh you know hopefully things will work out for you do you uh, you have a backup plan <laughs> If, if it doesn't work out? I wouldn't really say there's much of a backup plan. Obviously, there's a lot of opportunities, and I know I'll be successful in many different walks of life just due to my nature of working hard and taking advantage of opportunities. But I'm not really focused on anything like that right now and obviously just kind of focus on going into training camp, working my butt off, and giving myself a good chance. Well, hopefully, Travis, hopefully things work out well for you. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you, you at least get a chance to stick around on the practice squad again and, uh, and, you know, and take advantage of an opportunity if you don't make the 53. Really, really appreciate you spending a few minutes. And uh, hopefully I'll, I'll get a chance to, to say hello in person here uh, in a couple of weeks when, uh, when you guys get started. Yep, definitely. I'm sure I'll see you at camp. All right. Hey, Giants fans, thank you as always for listening. Travis, thank you for the time. Please remember, Giants fans, to subscribe to Big Blue View Radio on all of your favorite podcast applications. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you. Bye-bye. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.